Hello and welcome to the Fearless Man Podcast. This is a show where we talk about everything that God wants us to remember to do as a husband, a father, a friend, a leader, and even a chef in the kitchen. Don't miss it. Share with your friends and I'll see you on the podcast. This is your host, Andy Falco Tinez. Hello, my friends. This is Andy Falco Jimenez coming to you live from Orange County, California. Uh, coming to you live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and maybe Rumble. I have a little ex- exclamation point on my indicator here that says that Rumble's having a tough time. So I may not be live on Rumble, but normally I am. Um, this is where we talk about what God wants us to do as men in our, uh, in our, just our life by ourselves, uh, as a husband, uh, as a leader, as a father, as, um, someone working in the kitchen, whatever, whatever you're doing as a man, you want to make sure and take God with you. If he dwells inside you, then he should be with you. But, uh, on occasion, if we don't guard our heart, which is the title of this particular uh, podcast, which I'm sorry, I had the wrong graphic up. I didn't change it before we went live, but guarding your heart. What does it mean to guard your heart? And um, guarding your heart has to do, I believe now that I've, I've been thinking about this a little bit even more today. And with the message that I heard at church today over at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills was um, both what it is that we are looking at with our eyes and then absorbing and then it gets into our heart. Um, what we listen to with our ears, um, the actions we take on a daily basis, all those potentially thinful things, thinful, sinful things we do in our life, whether it's our eyes or it's our ears or that we walk into a bar that we should, wouldn't should be shouldn't be walking into, walking into a casino that we shouldn't be walking into, uh, you name it. Uh, all of those actions um, are damaging our heart. Now, in turn, and I just thought about this just a few minutes ago um, with what I've been reading today in uh, my this book that I've already shared with you a couple of times. It's called Disip- uh, Disciplines of a Godly Man. And uh, the message again from Jack uh, Hibbs and um, some of the other stuff I've been reading today is that guarding your heart also means making sure that you're putting good things um, in your heart, that you are um, feeding your heart with good nutrients through your reading, through your listening, through your actions, walking into a church as opposed to walking into a bar, um, reading the Bible or reading a devotional or reading a good Christian uh, manuscript of some sort uh, instead of, um, you know, watching pornography or uh, wasting your time with mindless uh, social media uh, uh messages on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is that that you watch uh, in your age group, whatever that is, right? And so putting nutrients in your heart through the things that you are doing on a daily basis, feeding through your senses, and also avoiding those things that are damaging uh, to your heart that make you have bad thoughts and and not think straight uh, and, and right with God. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is what the scripture says about guarding your heart. And uh, I have an article that I'm going to read that I think uh, even enhances it even more. I want you to look at this both as a as uh, how it affects you and what you what you're going to teach your children. If you're a father or a grandparent, what you're going to be doing when your grandchildren are around. This is important for every man 
who needs to put themselves in a place that they're around um, their children, grandchildren, uh, birth children. Um, if you're mentoring, if you are volunteering at church um, as a, in the children's ministry or in the uh, junior high ministry or the high school ministry or even the college ministry, that you as a mentor, what, you're, what is happening in your heart is going to come out one way or another through your actions, through um, how people see you when you walk into a room, how it is you speak and what stories you tell and how you tell the story. I just heard a pastor um, <laughs> recently, I'm not going to tell you when because you'll know who I'm talking about, but recently uh, tell a story that really showed a little bit of his character. Now, again, I, I want to I make sure you understand that whatever it is that's going on in your heart you may think that you are a good person. You may even think as a pastor that because you are up on stage giving a message that what you say automatically is from God, but you got to understand pastor, you got to understand mentor or dad or grandfather that at times your flesh will override what it is that God wants you to be demonstrating to another person as um, a godly man. And again, I just, just now, just recently, <laughs> um, a man gave a message, a, a pastor, and it showed a little bit of who he is in his heart. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And so this is why it's so important. And at, unfortunately, at 60 years old, I'm realizing this, I should have realized it uh, much early on. Um, but that this is such an important part of scripture, uh, an important part of being a, a man walking with God. Um, if you ever hear me hesitate when I, like I just did about saying as a Christian, it's because I've been a Christian. I've been a Christian for a very long time. I've been a Christian for, uh, gosh, almost 30 years, I'm guessing. I, I, I should actually find out exactly how many years. Uh, that way I could stop guessing because I know one day you're going to come on to this podcast. I'm going to say 20 years. Another day I'll say 25. Another day I'll say 30 but it's in that area. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly when, but um, so I, I, I kind of hesitate at saying I'm uh, as a Christian, because as a Christian, I walked around a church and, and didn't change any of my behavior. Maybe my behavior at times may have been worse because now I thought I had a free pass because I was a Christian. Um, that's not being a Christian, uh, but we, we call ourselves Christian when in fact we are um, not even close. So, Guarding what's in our heart. Uh, another thing that I want you to take from this as, you, as you're looking at this as a father. Now, I got to tell you, um, and I was raised a Catholic, and I, and I think it's probably because of that, that I didn't do a lot of cussing in, in, in school, like elementary school, junior high, high school. And I, I'm not saying I didn't. I'm just saying there. I mean, man, if you even walk anywhere near a, a junior high child, even, even some elementary schools, uh, children age school children, junior high age children, and high school children, you will hear the F word um, probably every other word come out of their mouth or the S word or you're an a-hole or uh, why are you such a D word or whatever. It, it is a, it has become a, 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 a part of everyday speech. And, and, and that seems so foreign to me. And I know that people look at me sometimes and even my kids look at me all the time because I correct them all. I say, what did you just say? You know, I, 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 correct, I, I stop them because they, of course, are hearing it all day. And this will have a point, I'm sure, I, I, I promise, at some point. But 
I'm sure that they hear it all day long and it's really hard for them not to repeat what it is they're hearing on a daily basis. And this is really what the Bible means by guarding your heart is because if you're around something all the time, you cannot help become a part of it. It, it, it becomes difficult for it not to be part of your, your language. And you're probably not even consciously understanding or even realizing that you're doing it. Um, I, I, I've spent a lot of time in Canada as I was learning to train police dogs. And, um, and I was also playing hockey a lot. And so I was spending a lot of time with Canadians. I was in Canada a lot. And people would often ask me when I would speak somewhere, they would say, are you from Canada? Are you Canadian? And I'd say, no, why? Because we have an accent. And I had just come back from Canada or I had, you know, spent some time with my Canadian friends somewhere. And so it's easy to pick up on, on a, an accent, just like it is to pick up on words that are being used in your environment on a regular basis. And they become part of your everyday language, every, everyday words. And so this is why I, I talk to my kids all the time. And I, and I know that some people I don't, that live in this world and believe that it's okay for kids to cuss why you, why you, why do you have such an issue with that? Because I do. <laughs> I do. I quite honestly do. I've always had a, an issue with it. Um, and as a police officer, I surely cussed far more often because you sometimes have to speak to the people that you're dealing with in the language that they speak so that they will understand and respond to you. And if you talk in a way that is, is not close to what they're used to hearing, you may not get the same uh, compliance from them. And so one of the things we learn in the academy is to, um, at some point, you may have to change the way that you're speaking to somebody to match where, where they are in their world so that they actually begin to listen to you. It doesn't mean you have to speak, um, you know, um, another language necessarily, but you have to speak in a manner and in a way that it catches their attention so that you, they, they, they even believe that you understand what it is that may, they, may going, they may be going through or that you can relate to them in any way. And so that may be a cop-out. I don't know, but I know that I've had to do it a couple of times just to get somebody's attention, say, you know, put your effing hands up um, in a way that was very direct and in, in a language that they could understand. So that, that would often um, bleed over into my regular life where my my, my language even changed. So not having uh, a really a, a life of using cuss words growing up in, in school, um, again, and whether it was uh, junior high or high school or even college, and just in my normal life before I became a police officer, I, I can tell you that it was not a regular part of my language. Now, does that mean because I wasn't using foul language that my heart was in the right place? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. My heart, uh, probably more cases than not, was in a very dark and bad place. But this is just an example uh, I want to share with you as to why it is, um, if you ever are around me or you ever hear me with my kids, that I'm really hard on them on the words that they use and the language that they use, that they don't use GD or use Jesus Christ in a way that's in, uh, you know, if they hurt themselves, that... Um, um, that is not allowed for my children. That is a rule. And although they do it, I correct them and I don't let them get away with it. And I'm very harsh on that. And the reason I do that is, again, I think it's, it's just one more thing that I think it's important for children to understand as they grow up into adults is to have an understanding is when, that, when they need to control themselves and they need to control what it is that comes out of their mouth. They need to, 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 to think about every word that they speak 
and not just to throw out words and know who their audience is, know who's standing around them. Because uh, I explained to them that, you know, you may able, be able to in a, an environment where you and your buddy are sitting, you know, in there in a, in a house and it's just the two of you and something happens and you say, oh, look at that mother effer. Right. And you you can have that discussion. Now, I don't like it still, but you can see where that environment is a little bit more. Um, uh, it, it's OK. <laughs> trying to get away from this. It's not it's it's not OK, but it, it, it's not as bad as if you're in a restaurant and you're just saying it because the table next to you may have a little five year old or six year old kid there. And the one thing you don't want to do is upset the people sitting next to you. You want to have respect for who they are. You want to have respect that they may not allow that in their house. The, uh, you know, the children, they watch movies that have bad words in it or what have you. And so it's the first step in teaching children um, as they grow up to have discernment and to have, um, uh, you know, an understanding of what it is that they are saying and have the self-control to use common everyday non-offensive language in describing something fantastic or fun or exciting or bad that you can you can do the same thing and not say it and when i drop my kids off to a party or to a dance or what have you i always remind them i said listen you want to be the light that's in the room you want to be the person that's not doing that because people will notice you when you're not doing that if if you want to be seen and heard in a way that is um, in a way that people look at you say that you're different in a positive way. I believe one of those ways is not being a person that follows everybody else down a deep, dark hole. <laughs> you want to be the person that is, that is the light in the room and you can still be cool and not cuss. You can still be cool and not talk about nasty things pornographic things. You can still be cool and do that. You need to find a way to do that because it not only honors God, which is very, very important, but it honor, you honor yourself when you speak this way. Now, bringing this back to the father, a father, how is it possible that you can have your children walk that walk if you're not walking that walk, if you're not guarding your heart, if you're not being discerning in what it is that you are saying that you, are, you don't have the self-control to when you are excited, that you don't haul out and say something profane, that when you want to describe something very bad, that you don't use profanity. How is it possible that if you are not doing that, that you can now raise children that won't do that? It's impossible. It, it is literally impossible. And not only that, you are, uh, of course, a hypocrite. That goes without saying. But... It is going to be harder for them to follow your lead into the world of being a godly man if their, their example of a godly man is a sinful man, right? It makes sense. It, you know, if you're going to follow somebody in the battle, you want to follow somebody that shows that they are somebody that deserves and, and should be followed that they use great tactics, that they, they understand, you know, the terrain, they understand their weapon system, that they understand tactics, right? You want to know that if I'm going to follow that man into battle, I can trust him to be the leader and he's going to make good decisions. And if he gives me a command, I know the command is probably the right command and I will follow it because the guy, you know, everything I see him do and his actions, how he looks, how he speaks, um, how he holds himself, how he dresses, 
Everything about that man tells me he's a leader. I'm going to follow that man, right? Nobody's going to follow Joe Biden, right? <laughs> you are going to follow, you know, somebody that, you know, a Navy SEAL into battle. Um, <laughs> sorry, when that, that, that wasn't guarding my heart. Um, and so as a son or a daughter, um, looking at you as a leader of the house, as the father, if you're walking around, hey, stop cussing. Gosh, darn it. You know, or, you know, I don't want to say the other words, but if you say the other way or shut the F up and stop using foul language, that is really not going to uh, go over well and not going to be a, a, obviously a great example. And I know this is very elementary, but I, I, I don't know that it is because I can see on a daily basis when I'm walking around or sitting, you know, at a restaurant, not at church usually, but at a restaurant or at the park or at a, um, an amusement park. I, I forget where we were, the other day. Oh, World. Uh, my wife and I were at SeaWorld. And you hear parents talking around their kids and you go, what the heck is going on? Wow, I, I've never heard such language coming out of a parent. And they, they have their five-year-old, six-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old teenager. And the parents are going off with, on an F-bomb um, you know, parade. And you just go, yeah, how's that going? I wonder how that's going to work out. I wonder how that's going to work out with those kids. And, um, and so you are the example. And so if you want them to live in that kind of way where they guard their heart, have discernment, have, um, uh, you know, uh, make good decisions, um, guard their heart, you have to be walking that same path. And you have to understand this path that I'm going to tell you right now. So uh, let me get rid of this thing, this frame here. Bring up uh, Proverbs 4, 23, 27, which says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Well, it says everything there. It says everything that um, is so darn important. Is it easy? No, it's not. It's not. It's, it has become easier for me. Now, uh, Hetty and I were talking, we were just at the pool and we were just standing there talking about, um, about how much uh, television that we don't watch now. Now, we, one thing we do like to do is right before we go to sleep, we'll watch a show, one show. And, and that's, it's pretty consistently all the TV that we've been watching for the last several months um, is that there's this one we, we go, okay, what show are we going to watch? And, and sometimes I got to be honest with you, sometimes it's a, a service from uh, one of the, our favorite pastors, but, but we get into like a, a series and we'll, and we'll watch a series, we'll watch a, a, a portion of the series, maybe one episode or two episodes before we go to bed. And that's about it. The rest of the day, we're doing something. We're either at the gym, we're doing devotionals, we're at church. We go to a lot of churches. We go to a lot of uh, uh, life groups and, and, and uh, uh, Bible studies. Um, and, and that has been the change in our life. And be, we both see, and uh, this is based on our discussion, we both see a difference in our life because we spend more time uh, feeding our hearts good nu nutrients as opposed to feeding our heart with a bunch of crap. <laughs> Sorry. 
um, not good stuff. And um, you can tell the difference. It's just like eating well, right? If you're, if you're eating McDonald's every day and Jack in the box every day, you are going to not feel great. Your body is not going to have good nutrients to function well. Your brain won't function well. Your body won't function well. You'll get tired um, and you, your cholesterol will go up. All kinds of things will go wrong if you do that. Um, and that's kind of what we've been doing is that we have uh, cut out much of the bad stuff and are feeding ourselves much better with greater nutrients than we ever have probably in our, in our entire lives. Um, and so that has been much, much better. And the scripture, uh, uh, Proverbs uh, 4, 23 to 27, um, speaks to that. And I, and I think it's an important one. So make sure and uh, read that for yourself and mark that down as a, an important bit of scripture that you should keep in mind uh, in regard to guarding your heart. Now, I want to go to Ephesians 5, 3 through 6 that says, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and, the, and, of, and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, or the anger of God will fall on all who disobey them. Oh, another good bit of scripture there. And... If I and I, I hope you don't mind me bouncing back and forth between just generally being a man and and being a father, but I but I think that again, if we look at ourselves as a man, that if we're doing what God wants us to do, and that is to do do this life with other people, and being a mentor, being in a men's Bible group, that we are to be careful about how it is we run our life, so that when people see us, listen to us. Um, look at our life as, as our life in, is with our family, that they see God. And that if we don't guard our heart from all these things and really protect ourselves from sexual immorality, impurity, greed, um, and other sins, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, which is one of the things I, I obviously have a tough time with, right? That is, that is the, and again, I, I started off in the introduction of the uh, Fearless Man podcast telling you that I'm not telling you that I'm perfect of any of these things. Don't ever think that when I'm reading these things that I'm telling you, this is how I live my life and uh, this is what I've always done. No, I'm telling you that this is speaking to me and what I'm sharing with you is that I have to remember this. I have to walk this way. I have to remember to cut these things out of my life so that I can get closer to God and build my relationship with him so that when people see me, when my children see my, me and my relationship with my wife, that they also see God, not just God in the Bible or in the pastorate at church, that they see God in us, my wife and I, that they see God in me when we're writing, writing to school. And this has, again, become a very, it, it was for a period of time, a contentious thing with the radio. As my kids have all just become teenagers over the last couple of years, I, I've realized that uh, although for a long period of time, we listened to Christian music and country music, but it wasn't until the last year or two that somehow um, other types of music came into, uh, into the mix, uh, whether it's they hear it on TikTok or they hear it from their friends and at the dances. I'm shocked at what they play at the dances, but you know, my, my son 
So my son at least loves the dances and has a really good time. Um, but um, and the one thing I don't have to have that music playing uh, that I've really put my foot down uh, recently, probably in the last three or four months. And that is that it, that will not be played in my car. And, and for a period of time, I allowed it for a period of time. I tolerated it. Uh, and then at some point I would turn it off and just say, that's, you know, this is, we can't have this. And I would get frustrated. And so what is what it's come down to is that it's just not allowed. <laughs> and I, I told my kids, uh, we had to have a, a little bit of a talk in the car and said, listen, um, if, if, if there's a couple of things that I'm dealing with, with you guys, as I'm telling my kids is that you, your language has changed. And on occasion, I see you fighting the urge to say the S word or the F word or something, I, 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 or it slipped out. And one of the things as I'm talking to my kids is that the reason this is happening is because you're surrounded by it. Your, your friends probably say it. Am I right? And they shook their heads. Yes. Um, I said, but you probably say it. And, they, and they're probably home talking to the parents right now saying, well, Kelly says it. Right. And so I'm not saying that it's only because of them, because you surely could also be in a conversation and throwing these words around as if they mean nothing. Um, but it's an obscenity. And I wanted them to understand that this is an obscenity. Using God's name in vain is an obscenity. Now, there's people that I know Christians who think that it's not. That's up to them. I'm telling you that I believe that it is. And so my rule in my house is that it is. And so I do not want you to say, I, I, I want you to say, oh, my gosh. If you're going to say anything, you can say that, but don't say, oh, my God. Um, and when you use the word Jesus or Jesus Christ, that it's never in, in reaction to something negative, that you're using it in reverence to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Never in if you stub your toe or your foot, not even allowed that. And don't tell me, well, it hurt so bad I couldn't help it. It doesn't matter. Get it out of your language. And... Then I went on to talk about the music, that if I'm allowing this kind of music, then I'm allowing the obscenities to flow through the speakers of this truck, which I am in control, which is my, my job is to, is to make sure that in those things that I can control, that it's not affecting you. And you hearing it and me allowing it is making it okay. And it's not okay. Every other word on this one song was about something sexual. Um, uh, and, and some of these songs are from, you know, my age, back in the 80s and the 90s, um, where it's, uh, you know, rappers talking about shooting cops and killing them, opening up a gat on a, on a, on a black and white, which is a, you know, reference to a police car, to uh, snorting coke off of a, a man's sexual organ, to twerking, to all these things, right? These are all, these are all now just a part of every song that... You know, being played in the background, you could be talking and these things are just playing on the background, right? And you, they become a little bit mindless, but we know that our mind gets filled with things that are happening in the background. We know that they've done studies on this type of thing, that whatever it is that's going on around us, we absorb regardless if we are conscious of it, conscious of it or not. And so my explanation to the kids as to why I find, I said, I'm not, I'm done fighting with the music because everybody has their different music they want to play. And I, and I just essentially said that I'm in control of the music that if you, if you have a suggestion and it fits into what it is that I am allowing in my truck, then it could be played. But for the most part, I will control the music and 
these are the types of music we're going to be playing. We're going to be playing, you know, good, good, solid rock and roll songs that aren't about necessarily doing drugs or having sex or that kind of thing. There are a few of them out there. Uh, but minus that is probably going to be worship music or it's going to be, you know, good hearted country music. And that's what I'm going to allow. And that's about what it's been uh, for the last several months. And they adapted and, and listen, you know, they'll tell me, well, just when, when we get out of the car, we're going to end up, you know, with somebody, they're going to be playing. Okay. Well, I, it's out of my control then. I said, but I want, what I want you to be, see as an example for me is that there, that it, you can control it. It's just, you just don't allow it just because everybody else is doing it. The idea that because everybody else is doing, everybody else is living in the world, everybody else, um, and even me has had a history of, of this type of music being okay. It is not, it is now not okay. We are making a shift. We are making a change. We're walking with God and God does not want these obscenities in our life. He wants us to guard our heart from what it is that we are putting into our bodies through our ears and through our eyes and into our heart so that our heart can be there and open for what God wants to be in there. The things that we um, know to be good and to be what God wants to hear from us. Um, and, oh, the, and then the, the sexual immorality. So it's in sexual immorality and how do you talk to a teenage kid in, in this, in this way as they are now feeling the excitement of meeting a, you know, my daughter, you know, meeting a boy that she likes or my son meeting a girl that she likes is that ahead of time, I have to explain the ground rules that when they do have a boyfriend or girlfriend, that this is what's going to happen. So I've already laid down and had to talk with them about what's, what is going to happen on the first date. Um, I will take you wherever you want to go. Let me know where you want to go. Let me know what movie you're going to go to. Uh, let me know what, uh, where you want to go to eat. We'll go together and we'll have a good time. Um, and that is in this age group, you know, 14 to 16 to 17 years old. Now, as my son begins to drive and gets his own car, of course, that becomes a little bit more difficult. But uh, it, it's, again, laying down the groundwork. And, again, my explanation to them is not that I am spying on them or that kind of thing. But my job is to help them learn for themselves how to guard their heart. To not allow them, when they come to the house, they cannot go into their bedroom with the person of the opposite sex. They cannot do it. That is not allowed in my world. And we had this talk two years ago uh, as my, my oldest son was becoming a teenager. And um, my daughter, probably about a year or so ago, I've talked about, you know, if there ever, a, because Kelly was bringing some of his buddies over. And so my oldest son was bringing some of his buddies over. When they were coming over, I would tell, uh, you know, Kelly, he's, none of you are allowed to go and raise room or uh, my stepdaughter's room at all, period. You cannot go in there. <laughs> and the girls cannot come in your room when you're here with your boyfriends. If that happens, you tell them that they can't be in there or you come out and go into the living room. And so the, the rooms are meant for sleeping. And if they have a couple of their buddies over, they can play video games with the door open. Um, and these are just the ground rules. Now, I, again, I, I know some people will say, wow, that's really strict or, you know, I, I don't uh, think that you need to do that. What have you? Well, that's how we stay on this. And these were rules before I got to the scripture. These are rules that I've had uh, for years, <clears throat> including with my oldest daughter, uh, who's now 29 and things have not changed. Um, and so when it comes to uh, Ephesians, where it says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity 
or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. And it goes on, obviously. But if, if as a parent, um, you have children that are, you know, they're just beginning to learn about themselves, learning what it takes to be with their friends, learning what it takes to be um, in, a, in a group setting, a dance, that kind of stuff, is that you need to set certain disciplines that they can take with them out into the world to uh, think that, uh, you know, when I tell them that, you know, I want you to talk as if Jesus is standing or sitting next to you in the room. The Holy Spirit's in you, but I want you to just imagine he's always sitting next to you and make sure and talk when you're not here at home as if he is. And so if they get good practice at home, the likelihood of them taking this out on the road, uh, I believe is higher. Is it guaranteed? No. Uh, Do I understand that they can get in bad situations when I'm not around? Yes, but I can control the times that they're with me or they're in the car, um, or they are um, in their rooms with their friends with the door open, that they can think, well, that door is open. You know, I can't act out. And it begins to build self-control. And they, uh, and they put on guardrails, and they learn how to stop, and they learn how to control their mouth. And what is they're saying? And talking with their friends. And their friends will say, how can you act different when you're at home? Uh, because my dad doesn't allow me to blah, blah, blah. Is that bad? I don't think so. I think that's actually really good. All right, let's get to this last thing really quick. I realize that we spent a lot of time on that, but uh, this is a great article. The link for this article is in the description. So whether you're watching this on any of those channels or on the podcast, in the description, you should see the link so you can read the rest of it. But I just want to read the first part here, which says, what does it mean to guard your heart? In the Old Testament, the word heart is used more than 800 times, but more than 200 times, it deals with one's thought life, emotions, the wellsprings of life those things that motivate and mold us. The Bible calls that the heart. The Bible calls that the heart, sorry. (laughs) I'm calling it the thought life. The author, does it say the author's name on this? And Adrian Rogers. Adrian Rogers is the author. Why is the thought life so important? Why does Solomon tell his son, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life? Because the thought life controls the rest of your life. If you tell me what to, if you tell me what you think, I'll tell you who you are and the life you live. What you think is what you are. The thought life controls you. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's from Proverbs twenty three seven. Your thoughts, positive, negative, good or bad, control your attitudes. Your attitudes are the sum total of your thoughts. Your attitudes lead to your actions. Your thoughts control your actions. All good psychologists will tell you that. Someone once said, sow a thought, reap a deed. Sow a deed, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Wow, that's good. Um, not really. I mean, it's good if you do it right. It's bad if you don't do it right. <laughs> Before you can do a thing, you have to think it. Your thoughts lead to attitudes, attitudes lead to actions, actions lead to those achievements. It all begins with the thought life. Your achievements will be the sum thought, sum total of your thoughts. This is so fundamental that God destroyed an entire civilization because they had heart trouble. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually before God. Genesis 6, 5. God said, the thoughts of their heart are so evil. I'm going to have to destroy them. 
and he sent the flood because of the thoughts of men's hearts. The heart of the human pro the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. We're we are still having the same problem they had. Do the following questions give you pause for the condition of the heart? So let's look at these questions. What lies do I believe about myself or the world around me? And how is that affecting my relationship with God? So what thoughts, what lies do I believe about myself of, or the world? Well, one of those, and I've talked about this on the devotional show that I do with my wife, and that is the thought that I'm not worthy, that God, there's no reason why God should be, should be dwelling inside me. I'm just not worthy. You, you, he knows what I've done. He knows where I've been. Um, he knows my thoughts, and the thoughts are often bad. Um, and I think that's the lie, is that God cannot still love, love me. Now, today's message at, at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, or July 10th, if you have a chance to watch it, I think it's important to watch um, because this is uh, where Jack Hibbs does really lay a great foundation and um, understanding as to um, why and how God shows us love for us. And I think it's, it's really important. It was important for me because this is the lie that I often believe. Um, the second one is, I'll bring it back up. Second one uh, is, uh, what sin or bad habits in my life are weighing me down from a higher moral conduct? Oh, it's just my eyes, uh, you know, spending time on social media, um, on, on uh, what's it called? Instagram, that kind of stuff. That's, I think, a really bad habit that I need to, to make sure. I do enjoy watching the news, paying attention to what's happening in our world and reading articles on, on things happening in our world. That, I believe since that's what it is that I do for a business, I think it's important that I continue to do that. It's the other stuff, the things I get distracted with, um, which I, I need to make sure and change those habits. And I've gotten better, but again, they're still, they still creep, creep in from time to time. Uh, what behaviors or habits do I know to be right and yet avoid or ignore? Uh, I think really, really the most important one is reading the Bible. <laughs> that, that is where I have a, this roadblock, but I'm, that's one thing I'm going to change. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting you to hold me accountable. Um, but uh, Hetty and I actually were talking about that today is that I, I really got into get into daily reading of the Bible. That is my my next goal to be more efficient in, in that. Then uh, the last one here is, am I selfishly trying to find physical or emotional fulfillment through my relationships? That I'm not. I um, My relationship with my wife here. Oh, I'm sorry. There it is right there. Um, it says, Am I selfishly trying to find physical or emotional fulfillment through my relationships? And where there was a time that I was doing that, absolutely. I was jumping from one relationship to another for a period of time um, before I met my second wife. Um, and, and then a little bit between my second wife and my current wife, my last wife. This is the last wife, by the way. Um, there was a little bit, not as much. Uh, I really didn't seem to have time. I was working all the time. I was a single dad with, uh, with five kids. And um, it really didn't, there wasn't as much time. Did I have a couple relationships? Yes, but it wasn't that I was jumping from one relationship to the next, trying to fulfill, uh, for trying to fulfill something that I was not getting. Um, but I can see how that happens. And yes, in the past, that, that has been something that I've had to deal with. 
All right, so guard your heart. Spend time uh, this, uh, this week um, and, and really look at what it is you're doing on a daily basis to not guard your heart. What is it you're looking at? What is it that you're listening to? Where is it you're going with your feet, driving in your car that is not honoring God? Uh, do I believe that you need to go to church or go to a, a Bible study like my wife and I are doing every day? No, but you do need to avoid those things that are taking you away from God. If you're going to work, obviously, that's a great place to go. If you're going to go meet a friend to talk uh, with them about maybe something they're struggling with and how together you can you know, help him with his problem, that, of course, is, is are great things to do. Uh, going to your children's school, going to your children's sports um, uh, you know, games, um, and sitting next to uh, another parent and, and sharing the gospel with them or sharing something that God has done for you in your life. Those are all much different things than going there to talk about you know, what your ex-wife has done to you lately or, you know, how much you hate your, your current relationship or how horrible your kids are completely different from doing one thing to the next. Are you guarding your heart? Are you speaking um, good thoughts? Are you uh, trying to help others? Are you going somewhere that's going to be uh, for the glory of God? Those are the things that you need to be doing instead. So look at those things that you're doing on a daily basis is what are those things that need to be out of my life forever and what are those things that I need to bring into my life that are going to be honoring to God, that are going to be healthy for my heart? So guard your heart from those things that don't need to be in your daily um, life and put those things into your life that will grow your heart in your relationship with God. All right, my friends, I hope this has been helpful to you. And uh and be looking out for the podcast. You, you may be listening to us on the podcast. You have no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, those of you that are watching live or uh, on July 10th, the podcast will be up shortly. You just need to put, to, I, I need to put together a few episodes because it requires a few episodes before you can actually launch a podcast. So got to get those in the bag or in the can, as they say in the business. And uh, once those are in the can and uploaded, then the podcast will be live. But until then, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you go to the andyfalcoshow.com, the andyfalcoshow.com, go there, hit the bell. That will give you notifications when I'm live um, or on Facebook, subscribe, and uh, you should also get notifications. Now, Facebook has been a little bit different that they can shadow ban me as they've had for the last several years. And, uh, and you won't get the notifications regardless of whether you push the button or not, but push it anyway. You may get notified the next time I go on live. All right, my friends, I hope this uh, has been helpful to you and make sure and click on the link and read the rest of that article. The rest of the article is really good. So read that and uh, you would put in your time with God. All right. And read uh, some scripture. All right, my friends. Love you guys. God bless. Take care.